Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in the matrix and that whenever and wherever you are, when you happen to be hearing this message, that you are confident about what your subconscious mind is telling you through prophetic dreams. Now, not everybody has prophetic dreams and not every dream is prophetic. In fact, it's very rare to have a prophetic dream, but I do believe it's possible for everyone to have this. And sometimes your prophetic dreams will have kind of a dire or urgent feeling to the message. And when they do come to pass, It might not be everything that you dreamt about. It might be just one or two elements of what you dreamt about. And sometimes your subconscious mind will roll things into the prophecy. um, And it might be venting dream or wishful thinking, you know, part of the dream. But there's always like an element of potential truth, right? And you could tell that you're going to have a prophetic dream or that it's, it is a prophecy. If you, there's two places in, in the, in, um, your dream cycle in which this occurs, at least from my experience. Number one is right when you're about to fall asleep, your head has already hit the pillow. The covers are on, you're getting into a relaxed, peaceful state of mind, and you're not quite asleep yet. You're in that section of what I call the twilight sleep and you're about to fall asleep and you're like, and then all of a sudden, bam, it hits you like a ton of bricks and it only takes maybe two or three seconds. And in that two or three seconds, it's like you've been downloading a massive packet of information and you wake up suddenly with a start and you feel like you've been asleep for an hour and you look to your clock and it's been like one minute or less, that's a lot of times will be a prophetic dream. And it has a different energy to it. You know, like normally when you fall asleep and you go into that dream stage right in the beginning, that first dream cycle or part of the dream cycle is your wishful thinking stage, right? And I I did a whole show on dreams, so you can go back and check that out. If you want to do a Google search for Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, Dreams, then um, you might be able to find it that way. Or maybe you could just search the anchor.fm metaphysical and find the date in which I did that show. But when you 
first of all, sleep is wishful thinking. So you're trying to sort out everything that happened. You're trying to get all the information you gathered in the past week or two, and you're trying to make predictions. So it's like a wishful thinking and a prediction part of sleep. And in the morning is the other time in which the prophetic dreams come to you. And what happens is you're finished with all your venting dreams and your mind is like, huh, still sleep. Now what can we do? And that's usually the time right before you wake up and you're not totally a hundred percent asleep because you're now coming out of the sleep. Again, there's that twilight period, that early twilight period, right before you wake up and right when you're in the middle of waking up and fully awake. And at least again, in my experience, this is when I have noticed the prophecy comes in or the prophetic dreams and, or the psychic visions come in. And I've noticed that many times I will have something that's really strange like that. It's like a prophecy, but it feels really bizarre. And then I just go, that was weird. And then I have that one again and again and again and again until it passes until it comes to to light. Some of them, not all of them. Usually I'll have a prophecy dream and then that's it. Well, that was weird. And then I blow it off. And then two or three years later or 10 years later, it happens. And I'm like, Whoa, now I remember that dream. That's really weird. I mean, I've had prophecy dreams about something really stupid. I had a, uh, a prophecy dream in which a year before I took a specific art class in university, a man who was born in Africa, raised in, raised in England and from Canada. Okay. So really strange set of circumstances. I dreamt him that he was going to be in my future and that we were going to be very good friends and that, um, we were going to be in a classroom and I'm going to go, I had a dream about this. I know what you're going to say. I know what she's going to say. And he's going to say, no, you don't. And I'm going to say, yes, I do. And then for the next 10 seconds, I'm going to say what everyone says exactly as they say it. And that was my prophecy dream. It was so strange and convoluted and twisted and so boring. But at the same time, a year later, when I met him, when I was in that class, exactly as I had dreamt it, it came to pass and it really freaked him out. And I think it was part of his spiritual awakening and possibly the teachers. Cause I said what she was about to say, right as she was saying it. And then she said, how did you know you're, that I was going to say that. I'm like, I dreamt you were going to say this a year ago. And she's like, you didn't know me a year ago. And I said it at the same time with her. You didn't know me a year ago. It was so freaky. It was one of those really crazy. It was beyond deja vu. It was just like absolute pure prophecy. And I think for me, it was, was part of my spiritual awakening as well. So when you have these weird dreams, when you dream about people and circumstances that are in your future and you don't quite believe it, kind of maybe mark it down and, and see later if it came to pass, because just, you got to trust yourself, right? You got to trust your, your, uh, higher self is trying to get those messages in right before you fall asleep, right before you wake up. Those are the times, right? Now, 
going to tell you guys something really freaky. Okay. Now, I mean, I, I told you in that dream episode, I did mention this. If you're new to the show and a lot of new people, um, recently have joined us to listen to the show. And I'll tell you really quickly. I had a recurring nightmare <laughs> over and over and over and over again. It was like right before I woke up and it what had nothing to do. See, venting dreams usually have something to do with what's going on in your life. So for example, if you put on uh, five or 10 pounds, your venting dream is that you kept growing and expanding and you can't get into your car now, or you can't get out of your front door and you're going to be late for work. Right? So like, or, or that your boyfriend will dump you or your girlfriend will, will find a thin, you know, person to be with. So it's like those kind of like obvious where you like, obviously I'm afraid of that. And I just vented that fear out. Right? So when you have a venting dream that has nothing to do with your reality, it's, it becomes very strange. And what happened is, um, I had this nightmare that I was in a house full of wooden paneling and I was about to marry a man that I loved, but I was not in love with. And I was surrounded by hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of cats all meowing at once and standing in line for something. And I woke up in a, in a sweat, like, why would I be in a relationship with someone who has hundreds of cats? It made no sense. And how come there's, and plus I have asthma, right? So why would I be in that situation? And why is there wind paneling? This is like the ugliest house. And I had this again and again and again and again. And I kept going, why am I going to marry this guy? What the hell is this? Well, guess what guys? I did marry him. He was my first husband. And yes, we rented a house that was all wooden paneling because it was cheap. (laughs) It was a really nice house, beautiful yard. The paneling was cheesy as hell. It was like literally from the sixties or seventies and he only had two cats. But what happened was in the morning when his, his cats had gone into heat and in the morning he went outside for something in the backyard left the back door open, left the window open. And I woke up after he had gone to work two or three hours later. And because the cats were in heat, we had every Tomcat within a 10 mile radius inside my fricking house, inside my kitchen. And I was like, Oh my God, this fricking came true. And I knew I was about to marry him. And I knew on some level, I wasn't in love with him, but I did love him. Well, I still married him. And then, uh, six weeks later I divorced him because I met my soulmate who I ended up together with for 13 years. I had children with him. I'd made the right move for me. And then he died 10 years ago. He's not my twin. He was my, my soulmate. So that was a prophetic dream for me. Well, okay. After he died, I, got the retirement, um, from the government to raise my children, but it wasn't really enough to live comfortably in the United States with, but the conditions of the money were crazy. Like if I get married, I lose the money. If I get a job, I lose the money. And I started in my kids were homeschooled and in, I had moved to the Bay area with them and trying to look for a job and stuff, try to get them in school. Cause there were some really excellent schools in Berkeley and in San Francisco. 
and I started looking into all the schools and um, a condition of getting into school there is if your name is on the house or apartment or on the utility bill. Well, I was paying $750 for us to live in a bedroom without furniture in a house with 10 roommates. I didn't have money to put my name on a freaking lease. You know, leases there are like up to $10,000 a month, right? And I was just like, dude, I mean, I was already paying like a third of what I was making. And it was like crazy. How, how could I even do that? So my kids could not go to school. So how do I keep them in home and get a job? And I found out if I get a job, I'll lose all the money and I'll have to pay $3,000 to have someone sit home and stay with the kids while I'm in, it's, you know, in a job and it would cost me like $500 a month in gas, no matter where I'm going in the Bay area, it's ridiculous. So I'm like, this is stupid. So I just left. I I moved to uh, Guatemala and then Mexico. And then, you know, we just, you know, we lived in six different countries. My kids are fluent in Spanish now and they do play guitar. And when my oldest with a flamenco influence, so it was awesome (laughs) that I did it that way. But when I was in, I think it was in Mexico. So in 2014, I had the weirdest dream. I had a dream that I was just with my kids in Mexico or wherever. And all of a sudden we woke up, the three of us, we had been drugged and kidnapped and put in a, uh, like a cabin, like a, a woodsy log cabin. And we looked out the window and there was the ocean and it was very woodsy and it was very beautiful. And we tried to go outside and the door was locked and we were there for two days stuck in this cabin, but it had all the food and everything supplies that we needed. And we're like, this is really weird. How come we're here? We didn't know we were very scared. And this is my weird prophetic dream. And then after two days, the uh, door was unlocked and we're like, okay, so whoever took us (laughs) now unlocked the door. So we opened up the door and we're looking around and there was a trail leading down to the ocean. And we went down to that trail and there was this massive circular capsule and it was floating on the water, but docked somehow like with an anchor. And I was like, what the actual hell? It looked like something out of a sci-fi movie and it was this round capsule. And, um, it was like a, like a, like an escape pod sort of thing. And I went inside the capsule or kind of near it. Like I was getting ready to go inside and out comes my husband and I'm like, what the hell? And he said to me, he said, look, I have no time to explain. I'm like, you jerk, you, you faked your own death. And I, you know, I said a lot of other expletives really angry at him. And I'm like, oh my God, how would you do this to us? It's been 10 freaking years. See, but at the time in 2014, it only been three and a half years. So I was like, okay, it's been like 10 years. He's like, look, I don't have any time to explain, but the whole world is getting ready to end. And I need you guys to, um, come with me now. I've packed bags. I have enough supplies. I have a way to grow food inside this capsule and we're going to be okay. I will explain everything later. I'm sorry. I had to do this to you guys. And we were like, hell no. And he's like, this is the end of the world. You know, it's not safe. This is like the last safe place on earth. And if you don't come with me now, you're going to catch it. And we're like, catch what What were you talking about? And I think he was talking about a virus. And now here it is 10 years later, there's a virus. It seems like it's the end of the world. And he was his, he was proposing 
that we were going to float around bobbing along the water in this giant thing that looks like a a fishing bobbin (laughs) on the ocean. And we're going to just like live indefinitely in this insane capsule in the ocean or on top of the ocean, just floating along. He's like, we've got beds. It's like, it's got everything, you know, it's like, we've got food. We've got ways to grow food. We've got a water system. It's completely self-contained. And I've been working on secret projects like this one for 10 years. And I was like, oh my God, I don't even know you. And I was like, obviously all kinds of freaked out in my you know, like my, I think my oldest had been away and was kidnapped and brought together with us. And we were all really shocked to be together again and in this place. So obviously that did not happen, but here are the parts of the prophecy that did. I was scrolling through my Instagram last night. Uh, I kid you not the same fricking capsule. I swear to God, it was in my feed and I even told this to like a little bit of the dream. I told you guys to the person who put this, this on their feed. Like I bookmarked it cause I'm, I'm freaking out. It's the exact fricking thing. And it literally says the word capsule right on it. I don't know if this is like a picture from a movie. I don't know if this was in a movie or not. I have never, ever, ever seen this, but this is the exact, it has like round port windows all the way around the equator of this round capsule. It's the same colors, the same paint. I was, when I saw this last night, I was freaking out because even though I know my husband died, I didn't see them put him in the ground though, just to be honest, but his whole family, they were crying and they were saying, no, he's, he died. And you know, he was in the hospice. I mean, there's no way he didn't, there's no way he faked his own death. I'll be shocked as hell and let you guys know if he did, but I am pretty sure he didn't. I think that part of the dream was the wishful thinking thing. Still going through the anger stage of him dying, you know, type of thing. So, you know, it was like prophetic mixed with other elements, but here was that capsule. And I thought that was really imaginative of me. Right. And then I wake, you know, here 10 years later, this is it. It's, it's real. It's a real thing there, the air, like we might not have anywhere on earth anymore. That's pristine away from the virus that could kill people. Right. So I don't know. It's like elements of your prophetic dreams will come to pass. Maybe not a hundred percent of the elements. So I want you guys to know that it's possible that even though it sounds completely crazy, write it down and see later what elements come to pass. People make decisions. You know, he made the decision to pass early. He could have left. um, I saw that the next, for him, the next exit point was when my kids were um, late teenage years, like 16 and 18. So, and he died when they were um, 8 and 10 instead. So he took an early exit strategy out of earth, out of the earthly life. And we all have like up to five exit points. Every, every one of us have, have these chances You know, you get into a bad car accident. Sometimes you die and you get a chance to come back. If you wake up in the hospital, that's because you chose not to take that exit point out. But, um, 
anyway, I just had to share that with you guys because it's another one of those really freaky prophetic dreams that I had. Now, in Mexico, my son also had a prophecy dream. He had a dream that there were going to be, um, of uh, there was going to be a global pandemic. There was going to be a virus. We were all going to have to seal our windows and doors with duct tape and that we we're going to have to bunker in and there was it was going to be very scary that we were living somewhere where they spoke Spanish but not in Mexico is somewhere else and here we are in Ecuador in that exact situation in quarantine and he's like this is so freaky and he didn't dream I don't think this apartment so that was the element that was different and he didn't know what country we were in but he knew that there were going to be riots well there's not riots here but you know what in other cities in Ecuador because of the quarantine lockdown, people are mad. They don't understand um, 100%. And in, by rioting, they're spreading the disease more. They're mad because the food prices have gone up and the government's unable to do anything about that right now. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they're mad the government's not protecting them. They don't understand that staying in their home away from other people rather than rioting together with other people is what's going to keep them safe. It's like crazy, but it's almost the exact same thing that my son had predicted with his dream or that his higher self predicted through his dream for him. So when you guys have really wild dreams that don't make any sense at all, I mean, when we were in Mexico, we were living in literally in paradise. It was absolutely gorgeous. We're looking out at the ocean every day. We fell asleep at the sounds of the ocean every day. We um, had mangoes falling off the tree, and that would be our breakfast. We had coconuts falling off the trees, and that would be our afternoon snack. Like, we lived in paradise, and every afternoon, the iguana would climb up the tree right in front of our apartment and wait for my son, and he would run by him and slap him. (laughs) My son started wearing, instead of his flip-flops in the afternoon, he put on his combat boots because... You know, the the lizard would slap his combat boots instead. It was kind of like a weird game the lizard played with himself. It was very weird. My son's like, why does he keep attacking me, you know? But um, we, but we lived in a, it was fun and it was a paradise. It was six months of just absolute relaxation for us. It's kind of what we needed after Guatemala. <laughs> if I ever get that book published, you guys will read all about Guatemala. Guatemala was crazy. But, um... But yeah, I mean, Mexico is a beautiful place. And so it was like completely out of context. Global pandemic, what? You know, riots, what? You know, locking ourselves inside. It sounded completely crazy. My son's like, we're, we're going to need like gas masks, mom. We're going to need like hazmat suits if we can. And we're going to have to prepare. We, we're going to have. And after that dream, he started becoming like a prepper. He started watching YouTube videos. Right after that, we moved to Detroit for 14 months. And during that time, that's all he was obsessed with was prepper videos. And so when we got the word that there's a global pandemic, it's already come to our country, and we're going to be in quarantine lockdown tomorrow. We literally got in the late afternoon, 24 days ago, we got the message. 23 days ago, the military enforced quarantine full lockdown happened. My son knew exactly what to do. He's like, let's go. And he was completely rational and calm and just like, boom. And five days later, he went out and got more supplies, came home. And now we're, we have enough for like six more weeks. Boring food, but, <laughs> but we got it. We're not going to die. We're going to live through this. 
we're rationing like hell. I mean, we're like, we've made a candy bar last over three weeks. I mean, now that's skill, dude. (laughs) We're having like a little tiny square each every day. Yeah, it's skill, man. But it's in, we're rationing and we're being very careful because we have to. But he was prepared for this emotionally and mentally. And so he's just taken like a champ. He's like, hell yeah. You know, like we are survivors. We are gonna survive this. So, but it was because of the prophetic dream that helped him understand what it takes. I mean, we even have a double isolation fat. We even have like a, a, a tent that we could put up in the living room. If one of us gets sick, we will isolate further. I mean, now that's like some kind of preparation and we, and we still feel like we're not hundred percent prepared, but we're more prepared than most people. Cause my son, I wouldn't have been, if I lived by myself, I'd be like wearing just a normal bandana over my face, like a bandit. And I'd be like walking around like, Hey, you know, I'd be like going to the store next door, grabbing whatever. Like, I don't think I would have been as disciplined as I am now because of my son. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for his prophetic dream that led him down this road and his foresight to see things and think of things that I didn't even think of, like duct tape to put around the windows in case it gets really bad here. And if it doesn't, at least we were prepared and we survived it. So I want you guys to pay attention to those crazy dreams, the ones that make no damn sense, especially if they're recurring and you're like, why am I surrounded by hundreds of cats? I don't even have an animal. Like this is crazy. You know, (laughs) if you have like dreams that make no sense, like I have had recurring dreams over and over and over and over and over again, that I am in Thailand and that I'm on a cliff overlooking the ocean very far below. And it's absolutely beautiful. And I've had many, 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 many dreams about this. I've had dreams of being in a boat at the bottom of the cliffs. I've been dreams at the top when an earthquake happens. So that might be a warning for me. I've had dreams where I'm diving into the ocean, which I don't even know how to swim. So very well, a little bit. I do. I mean, I really want a swimming pool so I could learn more about that skill, you know, gain more, um, skill in that area. But I just keep having these dreams that, that my oldest kid is with us. We're all like, and we have a guy with us. I don't know who he is. I don't know if he's a guide we paid cause he speaks English. I don't know if it's because, you know, if he's the love of my life, I have a feeling he might be my twin flame, but we're in Thailand and we're just absolutely enjoying our time. I think that we, um, rent out places so that no one else could come in. So we have the, our private time. Like, so when we go to see animals, like we'll, we'll pay as if a bunch of people are coming and then they close it for the day and we have it private, like privately reserved. So, um, I keep having over and over and over again, Thailand dreams and Asia dreams. And it's after the pandemic, but, um, but also that might be why we're so cautious and rent things out. Right. <laughs> it's like we're in Asia, so we got to be careful. Might as well pay. And we have money. We have a lot of money. I have a lot of money and my person I'm with has a lot of money and we're not afraid of money. We're not afraid of the future. We have such a beautiful life together. 
and it's just very uh, magical. But this massive, like, we have like two months or something in Thailand, maybe three months, where we're just really um, getting to know the country. So, I mean, hopefully that comes, but that's like a prophetic dream I keep having. I've dreamt people's faces and met them three months later, two months later in some cases. Um, I keep dreaming about my, for four years I've dreamt about my twin flame's face. I know who he is, kind of, you know, like... I'm always thinking, well, maybe it's him, maybe it's someone else, I don't know, but I haven't met him yet in person. I will, though. But I want you guys to pay attention to those prophetic dreams. And if you want prophetic dreams, ask before you fall asleep. Universe, give me these prophetic dreams. Divine Mother, Heavenly Father, however you believe, Jah, Yahweh, Ra, Allah, whatever, Odin, whoever, Please help me have prophetic dreams about this. Please show me the face of my twin flame. Please show me the face of the next person I'll be in love with or I have a relationship with. Please, you know, I I told this to someone the other day and she said, well, I keep dreaming of two different men. I keep asking. I am doing that. And I go, well, one of them is a karmic relationship, like a soulmate. Once you get through that one, your twin flame will be right behind him. That's why you're dreaming about two men. It's not that you need to choose between two. You need to finish a karmic debt with one before you can move on to the next. And your um, higher self won't let you give up this one, even though all karmic debts have been forgiven already. Because we're now at the fifth dimensional thing. But sometimes people still have unfinished business they want to get through first. Because it will become imperative and important for that future twin flame relationship. For me, I'm done. Like I, I'm karmically done. I just, for over three years, my last relationship was with somebody I had a past life with and we wanted some more time together and, um, and we did. And after we did, it was over. And then it was like, oh, and I just haven't had any energy towards dating again or meeting random people. I have nothing like it's this blank clarity space around me. And the only person I keep thinking about is my twin because I'm done with the karma, but some people still aren't. So pay attention to that too, if you're in that situation, but this whole prophetic dream thing really came to a head for me last night when I saw that capsule, (laughs) I'm like, holy moly that I freaking dreamt of that. And I did not think, I mean, I woke up going, what? That's where it was like in Canada or something. It was like on the ocean, but very foresty. Might have even been Alaska. It was absolutely green and pristine and lots of fog, not smog. There was not, there was no city, nothing. But this little wooden cabin, log cabin on a uh, dirt, or not a dirt road, but a, a pebbled, like gray pebbled road. I've never seen a place like that in my life. I still have it, but that capsule, I never see anything like that in my life. And I just was like, now that's some kind of trippy dream, man. <laughs> and then for me to see that capsule and that it exists now, that's, um, I mean, the picture that I saw, it was inside this massive warehouse and it's huge. It's like the size of a small apartment, like a two bedroom apartment. It's a huge capsule. And it's like very thick, double reinforced steel walls. Like it it was crazy big. 
and crazy. Uh, it was like the end of the world capsule. And I remember waking up thinking, well, if everyone had one of those, we'd be like a bunch of bobbers on the ocean. We'd be like, it looked like bubbles on the ocean from a distance. It's very weird. And it's almost the color of a pale cement or, um, just gray. It's just a very gray, gray, boring color. And then there's some black paint on it. (laughs) It literally said capsule on it. This thing I saw yesterday. I don't know. Anyway, pay attention to your psychic dreams. If you've never been psychic in your life, keep asking because that skill, it's about to come online, babe, and you're going to have it. And you're going to know that dream because of the energy surrounding it and the way that it leaves you like with a tingling sensation in your spine or in your head, or you'll feel it in one of your chakras. You're going to feel it energetically different than all the other dreams. It gives you like the chills or you'll feel like an electric rush going through you, or you'll feel like, um, you'll get really hot or really cold or really, um, like you'll get the goosebumps, but it will be like inexplicable. Like when I had that dream, I woke up with goosebumps and I was in Mexico. It was really hot there. (laughs) Even in the morning, it's super hot first thing in the morning. And, um, that's what we took cold showers all the time and we loved it. We had to, because it was so hot. That's what cooled us off. We'd have two or three showers a day because it was so hot there. And I mean, I woke up and it was hot outside and I'm sitting there with the goosebumps. And I was like, I had like a chill came over me and it was like an electricity, crackly electric feeling around me. So very, very strange stuff. So, um, all right, we're going to go to spaceweather.com right now and talk about a couple things going on. Um, all right. First of all, there were 12 fireballs, uh, reported over the United States today, um, from NASA's all sky cameras and the all sky fireball network. And again, uh, remember yesterday I told you solar wind had been flowing out of the sun. It will hit us tomorrow or Saturday. Well, now today more solar wind has flown out of the Southern Corona hole on the sun which could reach earth on April 11th. So we might get a double whammy on the 11th or tomorrow and Saturday. We will be getting more. So it's been almost all week, but we've had two or three days break. Thank God we had like five or six days in a row of solar radiation. Um, but it's been a nice break, not having it for three days, but expect a lot more of those, uh, ascension symptoms to come in you know it's been the tinnitus and the nausea and those super wild and vivid dreams which everyone's having now that they're on lockdown but um now that we're having a boring life we're having really wild and vivid dreams and there's been a lot of um a lot of people are complaining about aches and pains and uh headaches sometimes uh a lot of these are the ascension symptoms And they are exacerbated by cosmic radiation as well as the solar wind when it flows in to the planet. I mean, it hits the auroras area of the world first, but it does eventually penetrate the whole planet and we do all eventually feel it. So I do believe that the gamma radiation from that is affecting our DNA 
and it's making us better and stronger in some ways. It is affecting us, but we're having these wild symptoms. Ascension flu, as Sri and Kara started saying years ago. So anyways, there's that. Um, let's see, the Olu Neutron counts coming out of Olu, Finland. They're reporting that we are at 10.2% of the space age average. We are at a very high level of a neutron um, radiation coming from the cosmos. And the 48-hour change has been zero. So it's been just stuck at a very high level and has not gone up or down um, as far as today is concerned. Now, I'm not going to read this article, but on space, excuse me, on spaceweather.com, they're talking about if we do have a solar superstorm, they have mapped out across the United States where your lights will go out or where they're more likely to fail. Uh, They are saying that uh, across the Pacific Northwest, the Atlantic seaboard, and a cluster of Midwestern states near the U.S.-Canadian border is possibly where it might happen, including, but not limited to, the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in any of those areas, you might want to go look at this map. Even along the eastern seaboard, I mean, it shows um, where it is possible to go out and I'm looking at just maybe around the Fargo Moorhead area of North Dakota Minnesota um, in the uh, Great Lakes area in Minnesota um, up and down the coast um, from what looks like maybe Georgia on up through like New Jersey and Maine New York so uh, just go look at this map, though, and you're going to be interested in this. And there's a very good article on it if you're interested in the um, how's it, they, it's like they, what they're talking about here is the 100-year geoelectric hazard analysis for the U.S. high-voltage power grid. All right, so vulnerable regions, especially, are Washington D.C., Baltimore, Philadelphia, New York, Boston, and Denver. So I want you guys to know this. If you are uh, interested, just go to spaceweather.com and read the article because you're going to, you're going to want to have, you know, maybe your own generator, possibly definitely candles, a way to cook and heat food. If the grid goes out, if we, I mean, right now we are without sunspot four days without a sunspot. The sun is blank and the solar wind is three, 368.8 kilometers per second. It's very slow. As far as the sun is concerned, you know, the solar winds are very slow right now. But you know what? If something happens and we do have a superstorm, I mean, we've been at a minimum for a long time. And it when it flips and it goes the other way and we start getting a lot of solar storms, this is a potential. So prepare for it now. All right. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We're all going to live through it all. You know, we've had solar storms before, but when this happens, I mean, earthquakes, volcanoes can go off. The power grid can go down. It can affect you, especially if you're very sensitive to energy. If you're an empath, if you're, even if you have heart issues and you have a pacemaker, these things can happen. So just be aware. You know, um, we're going to talk more tonight 
when I come back after the break. I still have a few more things to go through first, but we're going to talk about uh, magnetic therapy, electromagnetic therapy, magnets therapy, as well as how our electrical, our magnetic um, bodies, electromagnetic um, in our own bodies, how that functions, and how we are going to be affected by things like the new 5G network. So I've put together kind of a comprehensive program. I'm hoping that I could get through it all tonight. I'm going to go, I'm going to (laughs) race, talk faster than normal if I can, I guess. Because when we come back after the break, that's what we're going to go over tonight. Not just magnet therapy or magnetic therapy. We're going to go over a lot of things about this. Is it real? Is it fake? Is there any scientific evidence at all backing it up? We're going to go over that tonight. Because if it's something you've been wanting to do, something you've been wanting to look into, um, I might be able to save you a few dollars. (laughs) from what I've read. So we're going to read more. I'm going to look more deeper into it and we're going to learn about it together. Now on disclosurenews.it, the Schumann resonance today, the high was 62 Hertz frequency. So coming out of this area of the world, that's, that's higher than normal. That's something to, uh, take a little bit of a note of. And unfortunately on heartmouth.org, the six places on earth that are usually higher than the one I just said, except for, for some reason, Saudi Arabia. Uh, this, this data is temporarily unavailable. So, oh well, heart math, we, that's six places on earth we don't get to read the readings from. But uh, I don't know why their uh, site goes down lately as often as it has been. Maybe they're taking a vacation? Hopefully they're okay. All right, so let's get to something that's also high vibration, high frequency, but maybe in a different way, in an esoteric way. Lesson 271 is where we are at in A Course in Miracles. You may find the Foundation for Inner Peace website at acim.org, or you can download an app. And as I was mentioning yesterday, um, if you... Even if you're blind in listening to this, there are apps in A Course in Miracles in which you can have uh, people read them to you. Even on the website, acim.org, they will read. There's a section where it reads it to you, which is also cool. Even if you can see, and like I like to sometimes do that so that I can read as I'm hearing it because I'm learning it in two different ways. And if you read it out loud, that's a third way in which you um, are learning. Because those three ways, that's how your brain, um, your brain stores information differently. If you read it with your eyes, that's one way. If you say it out loud, it's one way. If you write it down, that's another way. If you hear somebody saying it, that's another way that you learn. So it's like four different places you could store these in your brain. If you wanted to get really intense with this, um... I like, I like A Course in Miracles. I've learned a lot from it. And as I read these lessons with you, I'm still learning with you guys, so it's pretty cool. Anyway, today we're on lesson 271. And here's the first thought. Christ is the first... Oh my God. 
not the first oh my god i can't believe i just ruined it already starting over christ's is the vision i will use today christ's is the vision i will use today each day each hour every instant i am choosing what i want to look upon the sounds i want to hear the witnesses to what i want to be the truth for me today i choose to look upon what christ would have me see to listen to god's voice and seek the witnesses to what is true in god's creation in christ's sight the world and god's creation meet and as they come together all perception disappears his kindly sight redeems the world from death for nothing that he looks on but must live remembering the father and the son creator and creation unified father christ's vision is a way to you what he beholds invites your memory to be restored to me and this i choose to be what i would look upon today christ's is the vision i will use today now if you go to acim.org and you really start looking into this in between lesson 270 and 271 is a very long um kind of introduction to this section and it's talking about what is christ what is that exactly it's not a person no it's not a person now when you say jesus the christ it's a title because he is the catalyst between man and god he is the way the truth and the life as it says in the bible but not in a biblical or religious way this energy this christ energy is what is between you and your creator that is the connection the christ consciousness is that direct and conscious connection between you and prime creator so you might find this explanation helpful and useful in recalibrating in your mind what you think christ is if you think it's a man who lived 2000 years ago who was like some cool hippie with a bunch of miraculous things and some of you think he was pleiadian i happen to think he might have been pleiadian actually you know he was representative of the christ consciousness energy but he was not jesus christ like john smith it's not a last name the christ energy is literally the connection between you and god right so when you say you have christ's vision you're seeing god the veil has been rent and you are there spiritually speaking so wanted to get through that today um at least to explain but the better explanation i'm telling you right now go to acim 
lessonseventy.org or pick up an app for free in your app store. Between Lesson 70 and Lessons two, or 270 and 271 is this a long explanation as to what the Christ actually is. And it's literally being channeled through this woman who's channeling Jesus himself, Yeshua. So it's worth your time to read that one page. All right. I mean, it's too long for right now for our purposes through the show, but it's, it's only like a page or a page and a half. It's not terribly long for you to go on your own. It's like a 10 minute read to 15 minutes, maybe an hour or three of contemplation afterwards, but it might help you, um, and unravel some of the, the erroneous beliefs and ideas that were brought to you through religion. It's so funny because there's so much blindness in the religion that they don't even see um, a lot of the pastors and priests and whatever. They don't even see what they're doing. Like, they don't understand. They're just so used to this going through the motions of the old thing that they can't see beyond it. I just saw a meme today, and and I... I, um, Oh, gosh. It said something about... People that are overly religious will do the wrong thing because it's what they were told to do. And like, so they'll do the wrong thing because they were told it was the right thing to do. But spiritual people will do the right thing, even though they're told it was the wrong thing to do. I thought that was very strange. It was, it was an interesting thought, interesting insight. So There you have it, guys. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to go over magnet therapy, magnetic therapy, electromagnetic therapy. Are any of these things good? Are they valid? Are they scientific? Are they harmful? And then we're going to talk about the 5G network, and we're going to talk about your own magnetic field and how to protect it right after this message. guys so over the break I went into the kitchen and I did a bunch of dishes and I cleaned off some counters and took care of some laundry related issues and came back and I started continuing some of my research look up from my phone and the sky was phenomenal it was I don't even know really how to describe it, but like electric orange, hot pink, and neon red. All the neon colors and just so psychedelic. And it was in stripes. And the blue was just unreal. It was almost like the crayons, the Crayola crayons that are the neon colors. And the neon blue doesn't really look like a neon. That's the color the sky was in the in the blue sections. And the clouds were absolutely incredible. And my son and I, at the same time, we both looked up at the same time. And we both went, oh, the sky, the sky, look at the sky. And we went from room to room because we have a different view from every window. 
and it's incredible. And we were just like, oh man, I would have taken pictures except my camera just does not pick up the subtlety of the higher vibrational frequency colors that we can see now with our higher vibrational eyes, but we can't, the, the, just the, maybe I just have a crappy camera. That might be it. But I know we were seeing things that weren't, that that no camera can pick up. I don't know how to describe it, but as we watched the tips of the clouds became this bright ethereal gossamery, kind of almost like a golden white mixed with this bright pale turquoise blue against the black, or I mean, uh, not black, it is a dark blue sky. And then still with a neon orange and the neon red and the neon pink. And it was just all blended so beautifully. And with that pale turquoise, it was, it was ethereal. It was just like transcendent. No, that's not the word. Transcendent. I see it's making me want to make up new words. It was splendiferous, <laughs> which is not a new word. It's an old word, but just absolutely transcendent. I mean, my son and I were just like, oh, I mean, if there's one thing that puts a smile on my face every day and my son as well, we just looking at the sky here in Ecuador, it's absolutely incredible. It's unlike any skies I've ever seen anywhere. Now there's been some gorgeous, glorious skies I've seen in New Mexico, but it's still, there's nothing like it. Like what you see here. I mean, literally the clouds were in long streaks and every cloud was like a neon bright color. And then in between the clouds was just the blue was just unbelievable and right now it's just a blue sky no more clouds and it's just kind of a normal blue but very again with the translucent energy and the energy that's the thing it's just pure happiness (laughs) I think this is the fifth dimension I just think that's what it is it's gotta be why we just feel so incredibly happy Our only interaction is looking through the windows and they're all fogged up because I've been doing laundry all day. (laughs) It's like we're going around with, I've got a squeegee. I've been squeegeeing, squeegeeing the windows and wiping them down, just trying to be able to see. Ah, it was incredible. Anyway, let's get into this. So we have a lot to get through. I mean, I have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine tabs open. So this is going to be a pretty big, pretty big, um, a lot of information get through in just like 40 minutes here. So, okay. Does magnetic therapy work? This is an article from 2015 by Elizabeth Palermo, and she was writing for LiveScience.com. So here we go. Magnetic therapy is an alternative medical practice that uses static or unmoving magnets to alleviate pain and other health concerns. So-called therapeutic magnets are typically integrated into bracelets, rings, shoe inserts, and other therapeutic magnetic mattresses and clothing, and all of these things are on the market. So, 
Many well-conducted studies over the past three decades have shown that static magnetic devices offer no more or no less benefit than sham devices devoid of a magnet. These studies suggest that static magnetic therapy devices may not work at all beyond having a placebo effect on those who wear them. And despite lack of scientific evidence to support claims that commercially available magnetic therapy devices do work, wearable magnets remain extremely popular. Global sale of therapeutic magnets is estimated to be at least $1 billion per year, according to the BBC. So how is this supposed to work? Um, now check this out. How, how far, how far have we been duped by magnetic therapy? Magnetic therapy dates back 2000 years, at least according to a report by New York university's Langone. I never heard of that Langone, maybe <laughs> Langone. I don't know. L a N G O N E medical center, folk healers in Europe and Asia are believed to have used magnets to try to treat a variety of ailments. These healers may have believed magnets could actually draw disease from the body. I suppose like a magnet, right? Now today, those who believe in the efficacy of magnetic therapy often cite the ability of static magnets to alter a person's bioenergetic fields or biofields. So of course they're called biomagnets, right? which are energy fields purportedly surround and penetrating the human body. According to the Congress, uh, American Congress of obstetricians and gynecologists, practitioners of certain alternative medical techniques refer to this alleged bio bioenergetic field as life force chi or energy flow. And some people believe that such fields can be manipulated, sometimes using magnets to treat illness, or injury, according to an article in the Scientific Review of Alternative Medicine. But many companies that sell therapeutic magnets also claim that a small magnet inside of a bracelet or other device will help to increase blood flow to the area, which then is said to help tissues heal faster. Now, it sounds plausible, right? Because blood contains iron and magnets attract iron, and the iron in blood is bound to hemoglobin and therefore oops it's not ferromagnetic which is the kind of permanent magnetism that keeps magnets on a refrigerator for example now if your blood is ferromagnetic you would essentially blow up <laughs> when undergoing an mri scan in which magnets are used thousands of times more powerful than those incorporated into magnetic bracelets and the like according to Dr. Bruce Flam. That sounds like a made-up name. F-L-A-M-M. I'm the Flim Flam man, Dr. Flam. It doesn't sound like a real name. Anyway, according to an article by Dr. Bruce Flam, who is a clinical professor of obstetrics and gynecology at UC Irvine. So regardless, therapeutic magnets sold to ease your aches and pains have magnetic fields that generally are too weak to even penetrate your skin. You can test this by observing the weak interaction between a magnet shoe insert and a paperclip when separated by a sock. 
Human skin is three millimeters deep, which is thicker than some socks. The most commonly used therapeutic magnets measure 400 to 800 gauss, one of the units in which magnet strength is expressed. Also known as permanent magnets, the static magnets used in magnetic therapy devices come in two different polarity arrangements, according to the Langone Medical Center report. The magnets are unipolar, which means they have only like north on one side and south on the other, or alternating poles, which means they are made from a sheet of magnetic material, which have north and south magnets arranged in an alternating pattern, so north-south, north-south. So what the studies say? <laughs> oh, goodness. One of the largest studies published in 2007 in the Canadian Medical Association Journal was, basically, they said, while some smaller studies in the review, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry, a systematic review of numerous previous studies, okay, Oh, okay, she's not saying what it says. She just says one of the largest studies was published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal, a systematic review of numerous previous studies on static magnets. Now, while some smaller studies in the review reported therapeutic value, larger studies did not, and the researchers concluded that the evidence does not support the use of static magnets for pain relief, and therefore magnets cannot be recommended as an effective treatment so it goes on and on and you can you can read this if you want um, the rest of it but basically it says here um, as far as static field magnets there's no there's definitely no evidence that they work fine gold told live science now I'm gonna tell you guys I have been duped <laughs> many times in my life about magnet therapy and I have had, over the years, many different bracelets. One time, I found a beautiful copper bracelet that I really liked, and the guy said, that one's nice, but this one's better, and it's it's that one's $3, but this one's 10 because of the therapeutic magnets. That will, he said, magnetize your blood <laughs> and make you have cleaner, more pure blood. And I bought into it, and I paid for the $10 bracelet with the magnets, and... I'll tell you what it did for me. It turned my wrist green because it was copper after all. And it was summertime and this was in Nevada City, California. I'm sure the same guy probably has a booth, probably still upselling the magnetic, the magnets that are hot glued to the copper bracelets. It did nothing for me. I literally felt no difference. I still had pain when I had headaches. I still had a headache. I just, I still had asthma. He said it would get, take care of my asthma and it would, you know, he had a bunch of fake claims. <laughs> and, and over the years, I always believed it. I, oh, well, I'm going to get the, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. And I felt better, but maybe it was a placebo effect, you know, because there are some things that still occurred. Still had asthma at the same times per day, you know, still, you know, had reactions to things. It wasn't, you know, like reactions, food, didn't take up my allergies. I think that was one claim someone made to me once. There's a lot of jewelry that's like gimmicky jewelry. And I, and I want to tell you guys, if you believe in it and you think it's going to work for you, well, the placebo effect is real and it probably will work for you. 
based on the placebo effect and not the actual thing itself. Also, don't buy a piece of jewelry because it makes a claim and you don't like the jewelry and it's kind of ugly. If you really love the jewelry, wear it for the jewelry's sake. Don't buy into it because it's a mag magnetic this and a magnetic that. Now, I did buy a necklace that I absolutely loved. I lost it because I left it in storage because I spent, oh goodness, $269 on it. It was phenomenally beautiful and I will definitely buy another one again. PhyllisLight.org, I believe, or PhyllisLight.com. But look up Phyllis Light um, uh, necklace, you know, and you'll find it. This website, she has the most beautiful dichroic glass. And it holds a charge, and the machine itself cost her like a million dollars or something. So that's why she costs, so each individual necklace costs a lot of money. And they're absolutely beautiful, beautiful pieces of art. No two are alike. Now, Phyllis Light is a healer, and she puts out a prayer every night before she goes to sleep and every morning when she wakes up that everybody who owns one of her necklaces will be completely healed of all diseases and she prays constantly very spiritual lady and so I felt it I felt the power when I didn't wear it I would take it off to take a shower and I would just feel the difference and I put it back on I felt great did I still get sick when I had the necklace yeah I did I, I still got viruses and bacteria but I, it seems like I healed a little bit faster from it but maybe again placebo effect I don't know it wasn't even a magnet, right? But so there are things, there are jewelries that make these claims, but I feel like if your diet is really good and your attitude is really good and you sleep well and you drink a lot of pure water that you're going to be healthy regardless, right? But that's what I had to, that's what I found about magnets. Now, magnetic therapies have no role in the diagnosis or treatment of cancer according to Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. And they talk about a lot of stuff regarding magnets. So they say magnet therapy encompasses practices as simple as wearing magnetized bracelets, magnetized mattresses, therapy that involves large magnetic field generating machinery even. People have different theories for why magnets might have an effect upon the body, but they all generally claim that they act upon the molecules, ions, or energy field to correct disruptions, but thus far there's no scientific support for this idea. So laboratory studies show that static magne magnetic fields modulate or may modulate ion transport and related cell and neuronal activity, but the physiological significance of these findings is unknown. Patients also use magnetized bracelets and mattresses to treat pain associated fibromyalgia, diabetic neuropathy, sciatica, and arthritis. Now, although small studies have imported, reported improvement in pain conditions such as diabetic neuropathy, fibromyalgia, and arthritis, results are often indistinguishable from the placebo effects. Preliminary findings suggest that in patients with multiple sclerosis, pulsed magnetic therapy, pulsed, now, this isn't static magnets. Now, pulsed magnetic therapy may alleviate paresthesia 
better than the placebo and reduce pain and disability in patients with back pain. Also synchronized transcranial magnetic stimulation, RTMS, may be useful in patients with major depressive disorder. Long-term exposure to electromagnetic fields can have cognitive benefits in the murine models of Alzheimer's disease and help reverse advanced neuropathy. So, static magnets, no, but when it's pulsed magnetic fields, electromagnetic fields, now we're getting somewhere, all right? So, um, let me see, there's all the purported uses they're saying you could treat aging, cancer, fatigue, AIDS, immune system, infections, inflammation, and on and on. What I'm thinking is though, if you start a new diet and magnets, you're probably gonna get better, but it's probably gonna be more due to the diet and maybe the positive improved mental attitude, positive mental attitude. So there are some warnings with magnetic bracelets, necklaces, braces, or other devices. They have to be removed from the body before you get an x-ray or an MRI and various state consumer protection agencies and the FDA have prosecuted marketers of magnetized devices and therapies and forced them to stop because they have been making unsupported claims of health benefits. Now they say, actually, there are some side effects with some people, including pain, nausea, dizziness, And one patient who used a magnetic mattress actually developed a blistering skin condition. And we don't know if maybe the person had spent the day in the sun, went to bed, woke up with a sunburn with blistering skin. We don't know. And what the other, you know, it's only one person has happened to. But they say that regular use of low-intensity magnets are relatively safe, and the World Health Organization got involved. They reported that magnetic fields up to two Tesla appear to be safe, including that's 20,000 gauze. So do not use magnets at all if you're pregnant or have a cardiac pacemaker. Always with the pacemakers, right? All right, so that's there's a lot more on that website if you want to go to it. Um, it's mskcc.org that's the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center alright they have a lot of strange and interesting and alternative therapies it's a very well researched nice website I've, I've gone to them several times looking at various things so now we go to spineuniverse.com now this person actually does do magnet therapy and all disclosure So he's trying to sell you on it. So he says, although not scientifically proven and controversial, theories suggest biomagnets alone do not heal, but they rather stimulate the body to heal itself naturally. Some of these scientifically unproven claims include restoration of cellular magnetic balance, migration of calcium ions and accelerated, is accelerated to help heal your bones and nerve tissues. Circulation is enhanced since biomagnets are attracted to the iron in the blood. See, again, that's already been debunked. Biomagnets have a positive effect on the pH balance of cells. I, 
the pH balance, I, I don't know so much about that. I don't know if I believe that. Hormone production is influenced in by, by magnet use. I, if it can't penetrate the skin, how could it stimulate anything inside the body? It might affect the outside, the, the things we can't see though. Um, so they're saying that the North Pole is corresponding to the yin energy, which is good for arthritis, back pain, inflammation, acute headaches, and sharp pain. And the South Pole characteristics is stimulating and heating, while North Pole characteristics, the yin, are sedating and cooling. And that the South Pole characteristics are yang, and it's good for tingling, numbness, numbness, <laughs> numbness, weak muscles, paralysis, and scars. See, I keep making mistakes because I'm trying to go fast. So... You know, they're just talking about how the North and the South Poles or bipolar magnetic therapy is used to treat fractures and chronic... Look, your body's going to heal your fractures no matter what. Can it speed it up? I don't know. If you believe it can speed it up, maybe it will because of the placebo effect. We don't really know. So they're saying don't take it during pregnancy. Don't use it if you have a history of epilepsy. Don't take it with doing blood thinning medications again it doesn't even penetrate to get into the blood or bleeding wounds or if you have internal bleed you know like yeah that's not going to help that surgery will surgery will help internal bleeding in some cases or if not all so i don't know um he goes on and on here and he just says it's non-invasive 100% natural relatively safe drug free some manufacturers claim magnets work fast and offer guarantees even. You know why people offer guarantees even if it's total BS? Most people won't even bother to call the company. They'll say, well, at least they offered a guarantee. That was nice. Or, you know, human nature, we're lazy. So 10% will be adamant and get their money back. The rest won't. <laughs> oh, so I don't know. Um... The editorial comment relating to this article is the editorial staff at spineuniverse.com tries to be open-minded to alternative treatments but will not fully support magnet therapy until it is double-blinded studies have been done and once they're initiated and can scientifically, scientifically support the value of magnetic products for back care. It would be very easy to set these studies. We challenge the industry to report their findings from controlled studies without prejudice. See, okay, so this guy, I was wrong. He's not trying to sell them at all, but he is talking about it. He just wanted to know. There was, I'm sorry, there's another one of these articles I saw where they were actually trying to do this. Now, there's, so magnets, no, magnetic pulse, yes, actually. Now, I did have a massager that was incredible. It was in storage and I lost that one too. But it was three balls, steel balls. And when you plug this thing into the walls, I literally paid like $300 for this thing. I had so much equipment, you guys. I was literally gearing up and I was going to use all of this stuff in my healing center. I mean, for 13 years, I've been planning, not 13 years, that number again. 13 years ago is when I started planning this. I started buying all this stuff um, to... I mean, draw out toxins and to massage and I all had everything so that you could come to my center. And when you leave two or three days later or two or three hours later, you're going to be a much better person than when you walked in, you know, 
on every level, all the stuff I teach in my show along with the physical therapies. So now I got to make a lot of money and go buy all this stuff again. It's so annoying, but this, it had an electromagnet, had strong magnets in it and it put out pulses through these steel balls that would spin on their own and then also rotate clockwise as they're spinning as it's pointing out the magnet therapy and I mean you would stop a a hurt back in just a matter of five to ten minutes and I did this for my husband who had um, he was disabled retired because of a bad back and it always helped him and he would do this for me and it always helped me and it was one of the most incredible things I ever had I don't know what it was called I could draw a picture of it I could see it clearly in my mind but I know that magnetic pulse therapy does work, but also the steel balls felt good on the back. So, I mean, it was kind of a combination thing. But this, according to the University of Michigan, uofmhealth.org is the website. They did an article called Magnetic Field Therapy. What is it? <clears throat> Basically, it uses magnets to maintain health and treat illness. So the human body and the earth naturally produce electric and magnetic fields. Electromagnetic fields can be technologically produced such as radio waves and television waves. Practitioners of magnetic field therapy believe that interactions between body, earth, and other electromagnetic fields cause physical and emotional changes in humans. They also believe that the body's electromagnetic field must be in balance to maintain good health. Makes sense so far. Practitioners apply magnetic field therapy to the outside of the body. The magnets may be electrically charged to deliver an electrical pulse to the treated area. Also, they can be used with acupuncture needles to treat energy pathways in the body. Ooh, now we're getting somewhere, right? Static, they're not electrically charged and stationary on the treated area for periods of time to deliver continuous treatments. So, which, which we have already read and discovered that the static magnets have no effect so far, as far as we can tell. So, they're saying it can be treated for foot, back, joint pain, you know, just various kinds of pain. And is it safe? They say young children and pregnant women should not use magnetic field therapy because the safety of the therapy has not been proven. People with magnetic devices, I mean medical devices, sorry, are implants with a magnetic field such as a pacemaker also should not use magnetic therapy because it can interfere with the function of the implant. Magnet therapy is not thought to have negative side effects or complications when it's combined (laughs) caveat with conventional medical treatment so they're saying go ahead and talk to your doctor about complementary health practice if you want to try it so there was a little bit more positive from the U of M so yay gotta love Detroit (laughs) all right now um, dr. Paul luck.com this was the man dr. dr. p-a-w-l-u-k Pawluck.com. All right. Another name that I've never heard. All right. He, I think, does this kind of therapy. So this is the one that's kind of like, well, of course he's going to say it's real and, and works. 
but he talks about the natural therapeutic magnetic fields. To better understand how the body interacts and responds with magnetic fields, we have to appreciate how much our bodies themselves are electromagnetic. The body's own internal magnetic fields are generated by the extraordinary amount of internal electrical activity that keeps our bodies alive. And by the way, if you're ever feeling run down, go get some Pedialyte because it will help to charge you back up because of the ions inside the Pedialyte, otherwise known as electrolytes your electrolytes and now that's in Gatorade but very little and there's too much sugar so if you do Pedialyte it has a lot of electrolytes and very little if any sugar and these electrolytes will recharge you and you'll have your electromagnetic fields will be up and running in no time by the way so they say that uh, your biomagnetic fields interact with all the other magnetic fields on the planet and control our basic chemistry. The adult body is comprised of more than 70 trillion individual cells, and that's not counting the millions of bacteria we carry in our gut. Usually they're good ones, the good guys. Each of those trillions of cells carry out several thousand metabolic processes every second. Wow, I hope this is real, because that's incredibly awesome. In order for that level of complexity to function smoothly, there must be a great deal of communication between and within the trillions of cells. And thankfully, cells are programmed with this type of communication, which makes the changes necessary to occur in a fraction of a second. Now, do we have a magnetic field? Obviously we do. The human body produces complex electrical activity in several types of cells, including neurons, endocrine system, and the muscle cells. These are all excitable cells. As all electricity does, this activity creates a magnetic field. Now the biomagnetic fields of the body through extremely tiny, although they're extremely tiny, have been measured with techniques including MEG and MCG, magnetic Magnetoencephalography, <sighs> possible to say, and magnetocardiography, not as impossible to say. These techniques measure the magnetic fields produced by the electrical activity in the body. The findings through objective basic research of these endogenous fields serves to determine their magnitudes as well as leading to the development of new non-invasive means of measuring the cellular function. (sighs) This is clinically useful to help guide treatment of the brain and the heart. Cells normally go through 7,000 chemical reactions per second, which is an indication of the complex continuous process involved in adaptation. This level of that that's why when we get cosmic radiation we feel it so intense right because that is a different field that's interacting with our own I believe and it's and especially I don't know about the neutrons I know gammas can go right through the gamma rays go right through they could go through steel they could go through your bloods and on your bone and your skin and everything your blood not bloods <laughs> anyway um so he goes on and on if you want to go check this out dr. P.A. W-L-U-K-D-R-P-A-W-L-U-K.com. So he talks about how the body creates and uses electromagnetic fields 
and what are therapeutic electromagnetic fields. So, um, so anyway, it's very, very detailed. As you can tell, we don't have a lot of time to go into the detail of it. I believe that this guy does and has done PEMF basically um, he says he does magnetic science medical authority on magnetic field therapy so I think he works with the pulsating part and he's got very very detailed very technical website so it's very interesting I'm not going to go too deep into that but now there's different levels of electromagnetic fields and it gets very complicated. So I'm going to go to the World Health Organization website. They have an article called What are Magnetic Fields? Electromagnetic Fields. Summary of Health Effects. What happens when you're exposed to electromagnetic fields? So they say uh, exposure to EMFs is not a new phenomenon. However, during the 20th century, environmental exposure to man-made electromagnetic fields, electromagnetic fields, trying to go fast, not saying it right, sorry, has been steadily increasing as growing electricity demand and ever advancing technologies, as well as changes in our social behavior have created more and more artificial sources of it. Everyone is exposed to a complex mix of weak electric and magnetic fields, both at home and at work. So this is from the generation and transmission of electricity, domestic appliances, industrial equipment, to telecommunications and broadcasting. Tiny electrical currents exist in your human body due to the chemical reactions that occur as part of the normal bodily functions, as you heard about a minute ago in in the other website. Even the absence of external electric fields, okay, so it's still going on because we are generating our own EMFs. For example, nerves relay signals by transmitting electrical impulses, of course, along the ion channels, and that's from chlorine and sodium, and also, um, yeah, that's right, the chlorine and sodium in your brain, it's like, it switches on and off, and that's how they're, it's just very complicated, I'm not going to go into it right now, but uh, that's how your nerves basically relay signals, by transmitting electrical impulses. So most rearrangement of charged particles, I'm sorry, most biochemical reactions from digestion to brain activities go along with the rearrangement of charged particles. Sorry, I skipped a line there. Even the heart is electrically active. And this is how you can measure your heart beat through an electrocardiogram and see if there's anything wrong. Now, low frequency electric fields influence the human body just as they influence any other material made up of charged particles. When electric fields act on conducive or conductive materials, they influence the distribution of electric charges at the surface. They cause current to flow through the body into the ground. Low frequency magnetic fields induce circulating currents within the human body. The strength of the currents depends on the intensity of the outside electrical or magnetic field. If sufficiently large, the currents could cause stimulation of nerves and muscles and other biological processes could be affected. 
So both electric and magnetic fields induce voltage and currents in the body. Even directly beneath a high voltage transmission line, the induced currents are very small compared to thresholds for producing shock and other electrical effects. Heating is the main biological effect of the electromagnetic fields of radio frequency fields. In microwave ovens, this fact is employed to warm up food. The levels of radio frequency fields to which people are normally exposed is very much lower than those needed to produce significant heating. The heating effect, effect of radio waves forms the underlying basis for current guidelines. Scientists are also investigating the possibility that effects below the threshold level for body heating occur as a result of long-term exposure. But to date, no adverse health effects from low-level long-term exposure to radio frequency or power frequency fields have been confirmed, but scientists are actively continuing to research this area. Now, if you live under power lines and you start to feel weird and you can't breathe, you, it's probably higher than what is safe. You should probably get away from that. Um, they're worried, you know, people have always been worried about EMFs as far as cell phones. And there's more about the conclusions of scientific research here. So I think at some levels it can be beneficial and at others, maybe not so much. They're saying that, um, you got to worry about pregnancy outcome. You can't expose your, your unborn baby to this cataracts, eye damage can be produced. Um, electromagnetic fields and cancer is controversial. They do not have, or they, no, they say it's clear that if they do have an effect on cancer, then the risk might be extremely small. Now, I think if you have a really crappy diet and you're around them all the time, then yeah, you're going to get cancer, but possibly. And if you have a bad attitude, but if you eat right, I think you can lessen the effects. You got to be very, very careful. So basically the key points of this is there's no doubt short-term exposure to very high levels of electromagnetic fields can be harmful to health. That's if they're high levels. Current public concern focuses on possible long-term health effects. And uh, I'm sorry, that can be caused by exposure to electromagnetic fields at levels below required to trigger acute biological responses. The EMF project by the World Health Organization was launched to provide scientifically sound objective answers to public concerns about possible hazards of low-level electromagnetic fields. A wide range of, elect of environmental influences do cause biological effects. And biological effect does not actually equal health hazard though. Special research is needed to identify and measure the health hazards in addition to the biological effects. At low frequencies, external electric magnetic fields induce small circulating currents within the body. So magnets work if there is electricity as a part of it, right? It's what we're learning. So the levels of induced currents inside the body are too small to produce obvious effects. The main effect of radio frequency electromagnetic fields is heating of the body tissues. So if you put your cell phone in your ear and you feel heating, maybe you probably shouldn't use that cell phone except to have um, speaker phone, right? Okay. Maybe not even Bluetooth with a phone that heats your head. It kind of makes sense to me, right? 
So despite extensive research to date, there's no evidence to conclude that exposure to low-level electromagnetic fields is harmful to human health. The focus of international research is the investigation of possible links between cancer and electromagnetic fields at power line and radio frequencies. So everything is still out, but if it's high, if you're exposed to high energy electromagnetic fields, that could be harmful, possibly. It's definitely got a worse effect. If you start to feel heated up around certain power-related things, maybe it's too high for you. Looked up and I just saw a fairy looking at me and it was just like the shadow and it like hid really fast behind my, I have a piece of clothing on the back of my chair at my desk and it just went really fast behind it. That was so cute. Oh my gosh. I see it. It might be my, my Duende. I, when I leave my doors, drawers open, which is very rare, I'll see her hiding in there. And I'll see her little shadow and then she'll like hide really quick, like behind my sweaters. So cute. All right. Anyway, <laughs> CNET.com. I love this website. CNET.com. They say no 5G won't replace 4G and other 5G myths debunked. They're going to clear up some confusion about 5G network. I'm not going to tell you everything here. A lot of it is phone related and, and performance related. So it's right now live in a handful of areas in the United States as well as the UK and Australia. But there's a lot of misconceptions and confusion about the new technology 5G. It's going to have an impact on people's lives all around the world. There's a lot of questions being asked as a rollout continues through 2020. It's predicted that there will be 1 billion 5G customers by 2023. But not only will the networks connect you to a super fast mobile network, many other industries will actually benefit. So is it safe? That's what we want to know. Is it safe? One of the biggest concerns people have about 5G is that the network's radio frequency will be unsafe, expose people to radiation, cause cancer. The fears are not completely unfounded. A 2011 report from the World Health Organization suggests that cell phone radiation should be listed as possibly carcinogenic to humans. In 2016, a study funded by the U.S. government showed a link between radio frequency, radiation, and cancers in rats. Popular phones like the iPhone and Galaxy handsets may exceed the level radio frequency radiation allowed by the FCC. Ooh, be careful, eat well, and maybe don't have that one. The link between cancer and phones might be overstated, they say. For one thing, a number of things that we encounter every day are also considered to be carcinogenic, right? to some degree or another. Diesel fuel, aloe vera, and pickle food. Aloe vera is not carcinogenic, so I don't know why they're saying that. I think they're being facetious. Pickled food, I don't think, is also carcinogenic. Um, burnt food, yes. Burnt toast, yes, is carcinogenic. If you ate that every single day, like several times a day for years, you might get cancer, right? If you eat once a year, probably not gonna get cancer from it. But you got to eat a lot of vegetables and fruit just to, you know, keep up your health, right? So they're saying that the male rats were exposed to levels of radiation that exceeded the radiation the humans would come across using their cell phones. Of course, right? They always do extra. So 
even though it's too early to be 100% confident, after six years of research and review, FCC Chairman Ajit Pai circulated a proposal to deem cell phones as safe, including 5G. Now, as CNET senior writer Maggie Reardon reported, that includes current exposure levels for cell phones, wireless towers, Wi-Fi routers, and other devices emitting RF signals. Agency officials don't have any concern for new gear using 5G technology, including that that uses millimeter wavelength frequencies. So, they talk about, you know, will you need a new phone? Only you need a 5G phone to access the 5G network. If you have a 4G phone, don't worry about it. Although, because people be upgrading, your 4G network will also be faster because less people be on it. Makes sense, I think, right? Um, it's going to make everything 20 times faster. Doctors can talk to each other during surgery um, in real time as if they're there in the room. It'll be that fast. So that's why they're so excited about it. Um, Let's see, I'm going, and they're also saying for autonomous vehicles, it's going to be useful. Um, they say it's not going to come around for many years still, even if at all. Uh, they say there might be an accelerator and an enabler for self-driving cars. Um, when it comes to the communication, the latency, and the bandwidth of the technology. So it's kind of exciting, but um, all right, let me see. So they're saying it's, it's relatively safe, but you know what? If, you, if you're if you around someone that's using it and you start to feel hot, that's your clue, okay? Um, 5G does not cause coronavirus, according to howtogeek.com. So with onset of the coronavirus pandemic, a number of viral social media conspiracy theories have speculated that 5G is the cause of the world's current problems. No, a virus is the cause of the world's current problems. But so these claims are factually uh, false, right? Obviously. Now they're saying that, you know, we didn't have the coronavirus before 5G, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we did. We've had many different versions of many different coronaviruses. The current one is more deadly and spreads more rapidly and mutates faster than all the ones before. But you know what? Before we even knew that viruses existed, people were getting colds. The common cold has always been caused by the coronavirus and so by 5g network in no way shape or form causes it doesn't make it worse the thing that would possibly make worse is your brain waves <laughs> might disrupt your body if you're near a tower again you guys tower busters organite you know faraday cage we're gonna come up on that in a minute and talk about that so it's been hyped up a lot people have been really scared about this There's a lot of concerns. Um, Radio frequency radiation, how dangerous is that? According to the same article on How to Geek. At the root of all concerns about cell phone networks is the radio frequency radiation, RFR. Okay, so this is in the electromagnetic spectrum from microwaves to x-rays to radio waves, and they're all at different frequencies. So to light from your monitor, the light from your monitor, light from the sun, RFR isn't inherently dangerous, so the problem becomes discovering under what circumstances it might be dangerous. All right, so you have to look at, is it ionizing or non-ionizing radiation? 
Simply put, any radiation that's non-ionizing is too weak to break the chemical bonds. Includes what's in your body. So now non-ionizing includes ultraviolet, visible light, infrared, and everything with a lower frequency like the radio waves. Everyday technologies like power lines, FM radio, Wi-Fi all fall into this range. Now microwaves are the lone exception. Non-ionizing, but they are able to damage tissue. They're precisely and intentionally turned, tuned to resonate with water molecules. Because obviously, how else are they going to cook your food? You guys, I stopped using a microwave when my kids were babies. Um, I've had too many problems with microwaves. I have caught too many of them on fire. <laughs> uh, but fire is one of my elements. And I am a natural born hereditary witch. So what do you want from me? Fire loves me and I've created too many of them <laughs> in my kitchen. That's why I need a cook. Someday I will have a cook. All right, frequencies above UV like X-rays and gamma rays are ionizing. And that is precisely why X-rays can be dangerous. They could change. That's why you have to wear an iron apron around your gonads <laughs> when you get an x-ray because you don't you you want to have kids with only one head and two eyes not two heads and three eyes on each head right okay that's not going to happen but you know what i mean you don't want it to screw up your dna all right so frequencies above uv like x-rays and gamma rays are ionizing and gamma rays are the ones that come through uh that comes from the sun it comes from cosmic radiation you know so and they're very very tiny and they can go through anything and they do change your dna sometimes it's a positive thing it's how we're evolving but it's still a little scary right so the assistant professor of neurology at yale dr stephen novella <laughs> i love that name and the editor of Science-Based Medicine understands that people generally get concerned about radiation. When you use the term radiation, it's misleading, he says, because people think of nuclear weapons. They think of ionizing radiation that can absolutely cause damage. It can kill cells. It can cause DNA mutations. But since non-ionizing radiation does not cause DNA damage or tissue damage, Novella says that most concern about cell phone RFR is misplaced. There's no known mechanism for most forms of non-ionizing radiation to even have a biological effect, he says. So, or in the less refined but more visceral words of author C. Stuart Hardwick, quote, radiation isn't magic death cooties, unquote. So the studies aren't clear cut on some of this. They say they go on to say sizing up the 5G risk because um, everyone's concerned. You know, when something new comes out, we're always going to be concerned, right? Um, 5G uses between 24 and 90 gigahertz frequency. That's within the RF radiation portion of the electromagnetic spectrum. The higher the frequency, the more dangerous to living organisms. Okay, so... 1G, 2G, 3G, and 4G use between 1.5 gigahertz, but the 5G uses between 24 and 90, and that's why people were scared, okay? So by asserting that the higher frequency is more dangerous, is just an assertion, though, okay? Because, again, 
the ionizing versus the non-ionizing. If you want to read this extremely extensive article on how to geek com. It's how worried should you be about the health risks of 5G is the name of the article. And there you go. So it talks about it. It's basically saying that the risks are negligible, even though it's a higher level of it. Obviously the FCC and, and FDA are going to just be in the back pockets of people. So I don't listen to that, but I do listen to the scientists like who don't have any money riding on it. If they don't have skin in the game and they're talking about if it's dangerous or not, I think that they are more generally concerned about humanity as a whole. Now, do you want to protect yourself? Of course you do. Faraday cage, baby. How do Faraday cages work? Well, okay, first of all, thank you, Michael Faraday, a brilliant 19th century scientist and Well, his namesake invention is called the Faraday cage. We humans develop plenty of ways to control electricity and make it safer for our computers, our cars, and other inventions, and for us too. Faraday cages shield their contents from static electrical fields. An electric field is a force field surrounding a charged particle, such as a proton or an electron. Now these cages look, well, obviously like a cage, (laughs) according to HowStuffWorks.com. Such, some are as simple as a chain link fence or ice pails. Others are fine metallic mesh. Regardless of the exact appearance, all Faraday cages takes electrostatic charges or certain types of electromagnetic radiation and will distribute them around the exterior of the cage and it cannot penetrate the cage, right? So electromagnetic radiation is all around us. It's visible. It's in, an, it's in visible and ultraviolet light in the microwaves, which is a bad one, right? That cook our food. And it's not bad if it doesn't leak out of your microwave. By the way, if you have a pacemaker, you can't use it in case it leaks out of the microwave. So even in the AM and FM radio waves that pump music through the radios. But sometimes when it's undesirable and downright destructive, that's when you have your Faraday cages come in. So It distributes the charge of the radiation around the cage's exterior and it cancels out all electrical charges or radiation within the interior of the cage. It's a hollow conductor in which the charge remains on the external surface of the cage. So that basic function has plenty of fascinating uses in our electrically cluttered, technologically packed world. Although Faraday would eventually have his day, The backdrop for his invention actually has its roots in earlier times. And so it talks about on how stuff works, where did it originate and how did this idea come about and why? So, all right. All right. So I'm not going to go more into this, but we're at the very end of the hour at the bottom of the hour. So This is basically it. If you wear a tin foil helmet, (laughs) a hat that you make for yourself, it's going to protect you a little bit and it will be a Faraday cage for your head, for your brain. So that might be a little bit helpful, but some of the other radiation will be able to get through, you know, even if it's just FM radio or whatever, some, most of it will be blocked. So if you have a foot steel wall, a foot thick seal wall around around you in every direction that you'll be completely protected that will be a faraday cage if you have copper around you that will be a faraday cage 
Now, there have been a lot of people recently making things like sweaters and jackets and scarves and blankets and weighted blanket called Aurora is made from copper and it provides kind of like a Faraday cage for your body. I think it's a good idea if you have a scarf and you put it around your head, you put it around your throat, you keep it around your body or, you know, I think it could actually block so the only electromagnetic field around your body is coming from inside your body. That might actually make you feel a little bit better. So, I don't know. Um, I might do something on Faraday cages, how to build it, what's the best material, um, how to make it. I'm going to try and think about this and because I want to do it for myself, so I'm going to do a show on it for you guys too. You know, anything I do for me, I'm going to share with you. So there you go. That's it. That's it for tonight. I hope you've enjoyed this really fast-paced episode of all the magnet, magnetotherapy, pulse therapy, all this stuff. Okay. Hopefully you enjoyed it and you learned something and maybe you have had some of your fears alleviated as well as new ideas to protect yourself from other, um, ionizing, not ionizing fields, electromagnetic fields. There you go. Phew. All right. I'll be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. Tomorrow we will be talking about earth changes again, as well as hopefully we'll get down to some weird and strange news, because that's always a fun way for me to end the week. And for some of those of you who are still commuting, it's a good way for you to start your week when you listen on Monday. So we'll come back with that tomorrow. All right. So there you go. Thank you guys for liking, sharing, subscribing, sharing this with all the people in your Instagram, as well as your Facebook groups. Remember July 1st, mark your calendars for July 1st, because that's when you get to vote for metaphysical soul speak the podcast. If you think I deserve a people's choice award award, you're going to want to mark your calendars for that. I will give you further instructions coming up in July, but I'm so excited about it. I just got to mention it now. It's super early, but here we go. (laughs) I love you guys. Thank you for being on this spiritual journey with me and on this ascension journey with me. I could not have the show without you for I do it for you. Thank you so much for being here. But now I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time, guys, peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.